0: Hello everyone and welcome to Northern Bibliosphere, a podcast series taking you on a literary journey across the north of Scotland. Each episode we will be going through a different chapter of book culture across this incredible region. I'm your host, Freddie, and together we'll be meeting local writers and chat about their work, browsing bookshops and discover events and initiatives from the local literary scene. So in the past weeks we have spoken to the uber wonderful writers whose books have been shortlisted for the Helen Book Prize 2021. They're really amazing and you can catch up with Jen Hatfield, Donald Murray, Cal Flynn and David Alston in our previous episodes. Now this could be a great idea also because tonight is the night that the prize winner will be announced. So you can follow the award ceremony online and it's open to everyone, so you should check that out on the website. Um, however, in such an important occasion I had the urge and need to know more about this prize. So I got to know it through a book club that kept me a great company over lockdown and which is partly responsible for this podcast, so thank you. And I eventually enrolled as a volunteer reader for the Helen Book Prize. And guys, this is really a great experience. You get to taste books that have not been published yet or that are fresh of print for free. And you also get to analyze them and vote them so it really gives you a much deeper experience of the book uh, but I digress. Today we delve into the past present and future of the prize with Rachel Humphries who is director at the Creative Writing Center Maniac More from which the Book Prize took shape and form. So to better get ready for the ceremony tonight here's all well, a lot, about the Helen Book Prize. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Rachel. How are you doing today? Welcome to Northern Bibliosphere.
1: Hi, Frederica. I'm very well, thank you. A bit blustery up here, but uh, very well, thank you.
0: Yeah, because you're in a wonderful place called Manicmore, which you said that it's not widely, incorrectly how I'm pronouncing it, so that's good. But uh, can you tell me a bit more about where you are?
1: Uh, yeah, so we are, I'm in a little office uh, at the centre here, perched on the hill on the hilltop just above Loch Ness, so we're just a stone's throw along the way uh, from Loch Ness itself, um, and if you just go for a little wander along the road, you get beautiful sort of panoramic views of the loch itself, and uh, from the centre you look down into the hills of Strathfarer and Glenafric, Ben Withers, so it's a, it's a really like 360 degrees panorama really from where we are.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing. And can you tell me just a wee bit more about what you do at uh, Manicmore? Moore?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so we 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 were we opened our doors in 1993. Um, the centre before that was a working croft um, and was crofted right up until the 60s until it sort of fell derelict. Um, and then Kit Fraser and Sophia Fraser opened the centre as a creative writing centre in 1993. So we're 30 years old next year and and we have a broad sort of uh, writer development program our core program is residential courses um in all different genres led by two professional experienced writers who will work with sort of emerging writers to develop their work um in a little sort of well we've got workshops in the morning on our courses and then one-to-one tutorials in the afternoon so it's quite an intensive week and it's an intense sort of environment to come to to really hone into your work and give it kind of the attention that it needs um, and we also run retreats, which are untutored. Um, but we, but as I say, we've got quite a broad programme. We've got awards for writers. We've got a big programme we're just about to launch for care experienced young people in Scotland. So that's anybody who's 14 to 30, who's, who's basically uh, been accommodated or looked after. Um, we have got uh, residencies, fellowships, a mentoring program and an online program, so it's a busy, busy little place. That
0: sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, and a fantastic way of being busy. Um, can I ask you, uh, how then the, from many more than you had the Helen Boot Prize uh, develop? After-
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think so to go back a little bit from that, um. We, when Moore opened its doors at first, we were part of the Arvon Foundation, so we were, we were partnered with Arvon in London, who are a fantastic uh, creative writing charity who have three houses um, in England, and we were kind of the northern branch, we were like a sister sort of organisation, and then um, our programmes kind of developed significantly in, in different ways, and Moore launched its own independent programme in 2015, which really did start to raise, I think, the profile of the organisation, in terms of the in the Scottish literary context, um, and then in about I think it was 2016, I was introduced to Alex Ogilvie, who is the um, who is in, who is with the Highland Society of London, and he the Highland Society of London are a fantastic organisation who. Um, support the arts in the Highlands basically, um, so they, they, they work with another few organisations and run some other types of prizes and um, for other art forms um, and we met um, because Alex was really really interested, well the Highland Society of London were really interested in running a literature prize um, so he spoke to the Scottish Book Trust, he spoke to the Elpo Book Festival, Malig Book Festival and it was really, really lovely that they all recommended miniat Moore as an organisation that's based in the Highlands, who supports writers at all stages of their, of their work. Uh, and, and really, we, we have a quite a strong mission to support professional published writers as well. So, yeah, that, that's how it all started. Um, it was a bit of a seed of an idea then, and we kind of developed that along with... Um, well, I spoke a lot with Jenny Brown, uh, who at that time was running the Bloody Scotland William McIlvaney Prize. And she gave us some really fantastic pit, uh, pointers on their, their model that they used. So we kind of uh, very kindly got the opportunity to, to sort of pilot something that looked a bit like that model, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. And when was the first year that the prize started? 2016 so it's been it's relatively quite recent as a
1: prize Uh, it's quite new yeah it's quite new so um yeah we, we we i think we started in this maybe the start of that year in 2016 and we we'd never run a book prize before so we looked at lots of other prize models. We quickly got a little team together, which was myself and our marketer at the time and another um, fantastic coordinator that we had. And we worked from my mother's sitting room because uh, we didn't have an office one day a week. And we frantically like put our minds together and developed the actual model for the prize itself, which is, I think, has just really grown um, in Momentum, so it's the first round of judging is done by, a. Um, apologies if Kirstine's already spoken to you about this, but has, is done by a, a reading panel, a volunteer, a fantastic volunteer reading panel, um, and we developed that in the first year and we approached our tutors, people that had been on courses with us before, other sort of industry professionals, avid readers, book clubs you know we really just spread the tendrils far and wide and we did get about I think it was between 80 and 100 volunteer readers in the first year and um, and they did the first stage of the judging so they'll judge every title that comes in from the publisher and they had quite a strict criteria for that and we had to um, we asked people to send us book reports ahead of time on books that they'd just read so that we knew that they were sort of going to be critiquing at that level um, yeah, so we did everything. We did everything from from this little sitting room. The marketing created the website uh, and developed that reading reading panel.
0: Yeah, that's uh, because well, you started from your mother's re- living room. Can I ask you how did you get involved at first with the uh, Manic Moore and uh, the Book Prize? Well, the Book Prize after Manic Moore.
1: So I've been brought, I was brought up in this area, so I knew, I knew this building on the hill. I didn't, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't doing what it does now when I was a kid growing up, but I always knew about this big sort of building on the hill that was slightly dilapidated, which was a croft. Um, And then I, um, somebody at some point, I I did a short course at the Open University in writing, creative writing, uh, fiction, and somebody had said to me on the great final there's you know there's they're looking for a little bit of help so back in 2005 or 2006 I stepped in for somebody for a few months um and I had already sort of um, been accepted to do a postgraduate in education down in Edinburgh so I came to Maniac and I had a lovely time for a few months and I ended up writing their core funding application <laughs> um, which I really enjoyed and then I went away and I moved down to Edinburgh and finished my teaching and and then this post my post the director's post opened up in 2010 and I applied for it because I'd realized that there's not many places like it there really isn't it's such a unique blend of um well obviously it's a charity which is was really close to my heart but it's a unique blend of education uh, creativity you know supporting all types of people access is really really at the forefront of everything that we do so making sure that the literature that we're creating here is diverse as possible uh and that really resonated with me so i joined the company again in 2010 and i've been here for 11 years uh, 12 years
0: <laughs> still enjoying it then from your
1: face it looks like <laughs> i love it i love it and i have a croft as well at home so i live 10 minutes away um from many more you can see my croft, myself my husband and the kids. So for me, it doesn't feel like a, you, you know, the lines are very blended between personal lives and, and the life of Monet Moore, and they don't feel too different.
0: Can I ask you, you were mentioning that you have the first um, step as a selection from vo- a volunteer group. So can you tell me a bit more about how, well, if someone wants to get involved, how to get involved? Uh, are you still looking for uh, volunteer readers? How does it work?
1: Yeah, so when we open the prize cycle, which is normally around June, we do a call for volunteers. I mean, we have a lovely volunteer reading panel who are really, really grateful to for them, to them, sorry, for all their hard work. And there is uh, 100 plus readers at the moment, something like 130, but we've been right up to 180, um, who will join us every year annually, um, who do some sterling work and will read from maybe one, one piece of work, one novel, one, book, one non-fiction book. Uh, through to six or seven or eight. So we've got some really avid readers on that panel. Um, And when we open the prize cycle in June, around June, um, we will do a call out for for more volunteers to come and join us. Um, But throughout the year, we're sort of looking for folk all the time. We're recruiting folk. I mean, really, we're trying to develop the the broadest reading panel that we possibly can and open it up, make sure that we've got lots of uh, aspects of society represented and that it's basically a diverse um, panel so that we can do the best, we can judge the books as best we can. Yeah. Looking for, I think it's really interesting to look at all the voices that are in that panel and to turn books around and look at them from different perspectives. And that's why we really need um, extra people joining us every year. Yeah. And it's straightforward. The process is fairly straightforward. So it's basically, you know, you get in contact with the Highland Book Prize um, and there's a very simple sort of, you'll have a simple conversation with Kirstein by email and she will ask for just a little bit of a critique on the last three books that were read by that person. And then we take it from there, basically. So it's a very simple process. There's, there's not too much formality to it.
0: Joined in last year and it's really good fun. It's fantastic as uh, um, oh, a thing that you get to read some Really, really an amazing book. I was quite pleased with the selection that I was sent over, and uh, then uh, you get to kind yeah, of think yeah. a bit more about those books as well. In one way, because sometimes maybe you wouldn't think that much about some books, but because you have to write oh, them, then you get to um, like you get to fill in a review with certain criteria as well. So you get to think a bit more about what you've read, and is a really exactly. really good experience. Uh, can I ask you? I'm, quite curious exactly. how is the what is the I would say the criteria if there's one for sending over the books do you send over books to people according to I mean tastes or um, is there a way of uh, yeah, selecting no... things that you know like sending things over to a certain person do you curate
1: it in one way sometimes somebody will... yeah sometimes I mean obviously Christine is our um, coordinator and does a fantastic job at making sure that people get their books on time. Um, And mostly it's done randomly, uh, but some people ahead of time will say, you know, I'd really love to read more fiction. I'd really like to read more poetry or non-fiction. And we will just try and take their wishes into account um, and send them over what they really are passionate about. But it's not always possible because it's quite a big, it's a big job actually, sending books out to folk. Um, but we do try and make sure that people get what they want to read. Um, I know it's something that you said there about that sort of critical engagement with the book, because there is that you'll probably remember that table of questions that we ask people, um, and those are quite varied. They can be from the sort of the the style, the pace, the literary merit of the book right through to the representation in that book of the highlands. Um, there's there's a there's a broad kind of remit, I suppose, for the reading. Um, but for me it's just something that you said about critically engaging with books. You can read in all different ways and what it does for me when I read for the Highland Book Prize, it really does make me drill down into the text more, think about the themes that are running through the book. Um, And wouldn't it be amazing if we did that with every single book that we read? I think we'd be developing a really unique sort of skill set in our own minds. I mean one thing I really really would like to develop for the Highland Book Prize is a critical reading scheme, so we maybe have a sort of modelling scheme where people can learn to critically read on a higher level and roll that out across the the Book Prize, not only the Book Prize but across our programmes at Maniac More more broadly. Um, Yeah I think it's a great skill that's really transferable, you know it's transferable to all different art forms, transferable to film, yeah, to critically engage, it challenges our thought processes, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And quick question, even just roughly, can I ask you how many entries do you have for um, for the prize? Because there must be quite a
1: few. That's a very good question for Kirsten, I think, but... Um... Oh gosh, over fifty, up to eighty every year. So it varies. Yeah, usually about sixty, I think, is a kind of middle ground there. And um, which I was amazed. The first time we, first time we ran the prize, I think we got fifty-one entries, and I was amazed at how much literature is out there that fulfills that eligibility criteria, and um, is related to the Highlands. It was just phenomenal, and I've al- I'd always always thought in my role at Miniac Moor, you know, we, we're not doing enough for Highland-based writing. We need to shine a light on what's happening up here. We need to showcase the authors that are working up here. And it was actually one of my bugbears that Maniac didn't necessarily engage with what's right on its doorstep as much as it could do. And then suddenly all these books came in, which kind of gave us it, rubber, rubber stamped it really, and said, you know, there absolutely is a need for this. And we could we could do a lot more um, and hopefully, we will do a lot more as the prize grows.
0: Yeah, I think it's a fantastic way to showcase uh, writers and uh, author authors and uh, books from the area. Can Can I maybe ask you uh, how you've seen mm. developing maybe the the prize itself, but also I'm thinking how what did you think was your contribution throughout these years to the local literary
1: scene? Mm. um well hopefully it's sort of impacted um, the the work of each of those writers that have been long listed and shortlisted i think we've got much better at that like for instance i think one of the silver linings from covid was that um, we were able to launch the long list series which we've done for two years now so for us Yes, this is a book prize. First and foremost, this is a book prize, but actually the long list. I mean, every book that's entered, we're going to try and find a way of highlighting its achievements, if you like. Um, But the long list series has allowed us to say, "Look, this is a community prize. Look at all this fantastic work that's out there. And that's actually a really, really important part of the process for us. so yeah I mean I think we're engaging with those writers those long-listed shortlisted and winning authors and books more broadly throughout the year we're providing teaching opportunities you know I'm hoping that through our international programs we'll start to see more and more crossover with the Highland Book Prize um, yeah but I can see it growing momentum I can see the prize gaining more profile I can see we're engaging with more and more publishing houses that we might not have in year one Um, and some really fantastic publishers and some fantastic authors and fantastic books so I think the the whole prize is just growing in its profile and long may it continue yeah
0: yeah absolutely um uh, you mentioned earlier about the um criteria for entering can I just ask you if you can just quickly tell us what the criteria is for getting a, a book into the prize
1: yeah absolutely so it's um so your publisher would submit the book Um, And the eligibility is that titles, the title that's submitted must comply with at least one of the sort of the criteria which can be promoting or concerning itself with Highland culture, heritage or landscape, um, or having a significant amount of activity within that book set in the Highlands, Uh, but equally the author can be brought brought up or born in the Highlands, or um, have lived in the Highlands for the last six years or more.
0: Yeah, I think it's quite interesting because you're going to get people that are, who wouldn't necessarily connect to the Highlands, but then maybe again have lived here or that have maybe some, have had their inspiration or so. That's, I think it's quite interesting what you see in the books as well. So, um,
1: absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's not pigeonholing it into that, you know, it's not parochial we want it to be broad as broad as possible yeah and and recognize that lots of our, the writers that are involved with the highland book prize will be writing about other places in the world or but they are based in the highlands and that's a really really important for our locals our literature ecosystem it's really really important yeah
0: well, absolutely and in terms of um Oh, well, I wanted to ask you about this year shortly, since we're talking about it. Where there were just a few days now um, up until the um, announcement of the winner. So, can you uh, can you tell me a bit more about how this year went? I'm
1: tell you the winner is
0: no. <laughs> um, I mean, if you so... want, but that will spoil it. So.
1: No, I mustn't, mustn't. Maybe I've a glass do, you mic. know it already. <laughs> uh, we might. <laughs> like. Okay possibly say Um, so over the next little while we will be planning we're having an event on the 26th of may which is really lovely for us because we're able to do it wow life is almost back to normal at so we're going to have the event will be live live broadcast from our little sitting room here and it'll be an in conversation event so we're talking with each of the shortlisted authors uh, shortlisted books rather I say this is a book prize rather than a prize for the writer it's, it's certainly about the book more than the well obviously they're so interconnected you can possibly tease those apart um but it's the book obviously that we're we're celebrating really um so yes we'll have a conversation with each of those shortlisted authors um and then announce the winner and that'll be in a a live event at Maniac but broadcast via zoom um So yeah, it looks like we've got lots of people joining us and from all over the world. And it's really, yeah, the exciting night for us. But I can't say any more than that.
0: No, can I just maybe ask you about what you think of this year's shortlist, for instance? Like, it's uh, we have we have been doing a few interviews with the authors, uh, which have released in the past weeks. So, if you're listening, you can go back and um, check on them. Uh, but yeah, no, can you tell me what you think about this year's uh, finalists? I
1: think it's an incredibly strong shortlist. I think it's a brilliant shortlist. I think we've got a really lovely. Um, balance of well it's lovely to see a poetry collection on the shortlist and um, we have got I think just a in terms of content we've got a really broad um, balanced shortlist which I'm really really pleased about and some of those authors that we engage with on a regular basis and it's really brilliant they're you know everybody very much well deserving and it's great to see them making it to the stage um, and I'm really looking forward to you know hearing um hearing a bit more about the books from from the authors themselves um yeah no we're we're very very pleased with the shortlist no it
0: is indeed a fantastic uh set of books so no it's uh it's just great to bring them more to the public and give them more strength to get them known around the highlands and not only so no that i think that you're doing an incredible job with that um can i ask you a bit of uh wouldn't say a housekeeping, but in terms of have you already opened uh, subscriptions or interests for new volunteers
1: for the reading panel already? Uh, well, we can take them right through the year. So although I say we open it at the start of the cycle, we'll do a call for readers in, um, in June. But I mean, people can join us. They can register their interest at any time. In fact, it's better for us if, we, if people register their interest as soon as they are interested, um, because it, it, it helps with our planning. So, so it's open all the time, and they just need to get in contact with the Highland Book Prize email address, basically, and we can send over more details. I will definitely.
0: Um, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes for anyone who's interested, so you can you know where to um, where to find um, and where to send your interest if you want to join the panel. It's a fantastic experience, so I would definitely recommend it. And uh, also, I'm thinking for joining the event. Can anyone? who is interested join the uh, broadcast event?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's, um, the event is posted on the Money at More website, um, just under the events tab on the website. Um, absolutely, the more the merrier. We did a, back in March, we, did, we had a fantastic international residency and we did a similar event and we had people from all over the world joining for that as well. And what was lovely was, yeah, it's one computer joining, but it might be five people around that computer. So it's yeah, the more the merrier for us, the richest online events are when we know that there's this big community of readers and people who want to support the authors that are shortlisted. And you can feel it, it's almost um you can feel that energy, even though it's an online event. I think it's it can be quite intimate. Um and I think the more people feed into that energy, yeah. So spread word far and (laughs) wide. Absolutely, no.
0: Uh, again, I'll put all the details in the show notes. So if anyone is feeling like joining in, you can. Um, and uh, yeah, are you excited for having uh, been basically um, at the end of this year's process? Yeah, it's always,
1: um, it always does feel like a big sort of, well, it's always a big celebration at the end when we announce the winner. And uh, it's always exciting and it's always fun. And I have over the years since we did the first prize I have been blown away by the quality of the work that makes it through to this point of the prize. So I'm really thrilled that the authors that are shortlisted are shortlisted. And it does feel like you, you, you're ready. You're ready to open again. You're ready for it all to begin and to be able to go through that process with another stable of writers. It's exciting. Yeah. Fantastic. Well,
0: best of luck with everything. And thank you so, so much for your time today. It's been lovely to speak to you.
1: Thank you been really lovely meeting you
0: so that's us for today thank you very much for listening to this episode of northern bibiosphere if you like the show please share it with your friends or if you want to be super cool leave us a review on apple podcasts or a rating wherever you get your podcasts it really would mean so so much to hear from you and will help us reach more book lovers around the world We'll be back soon with more voices from the literary scene in the north of scotland so please tune in and join us in the journey have a great week bye